Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When I was a junior in high school, between my junior and senior year, um, we went on a, a class trip overseas. And this, so this was... 1989 and um you know the fall of communism was was happening around us and it was a truly hope it was a hopeful time um for us and when we were over in europe every and this was you know he's 18 years old so we we had the energy to be out all night long and um born in the usa was on everywhere we went and we sang that song with pride and yeah it was it was powerful hopeful music Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. Uh, we are back on the Bruce train after a couple of stops in uh, other villages, and I am thrilled to be talking to Jeannie here, fresh from a Springsteen show, and ready to talk us all about it. So, Jeannie, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Hi, everybody. Yeah, so tell us about yourself. Well, I am um, a writer. I live in Baltimore. Um, I'm a mom. I have four young adult and teenage children and um, been married to my life partner for, my goodness, I think we're going on 27 years now. So um, yeah, we have a, we've got a great family life and we love music. Um, So did so absolutely um is your significant other a bruce fan yeah i mean he we always yes he's a he's a he's a bruce springsteen fan um he's a retired veteran um yeah he listens we we have music on in the house all the time and if it's not on then we're singing so oh nice well good (laughs) well I always like to start at the beginning. So tell me, where did you grow up and what kind of music did your family listen to when you were younger? Sure. So um, I'm really fortunate that I was raised in in a home that valued music. Um, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, and I still live in Maryland. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> uh, I, I did travel around with, with my husband when he was in the service. We've lived a bunch of different places around the country. Um but my dad is from England, so his influence was the Beatles, The Who, The Rolling Stones. He really liked Bob Dylan, um, Jim Croce. Uh, and then my mom is from California, so she was kind of like the surfer music. We had the Beach Boys on. Um, so those are my childhood memories. Lots of records playing, lots of singing, Um and then I was able to form my own musical taste as a child of the eighties with the right. MTV, the MTV generation. Uh, I'm a proud Gen Xer. I'm, I'm 52. So um, for me, it was, you know, you know, um, Madonna and Michael Jackson and Prince um, and Bruce Springsteen and kind of the, you know, the born in the USA era. Uh, I was born in 1971. So that, that earlier music, um, I didn't hear so much as a kid, little kid, uh, but that I did, I did listen a lot when his, um, you know, top 40 kind of songs came out. 
Absolutely. So I'm going to jump ahead. When you were raising your children, I take it music was a big part of the house, just like it was with you. Yeah. So um, a lot of times people don't really think about this, but I am the first generation of parents that has raised children with the internet. So when my kids were little, the, the music that I chose to surround them with came on a CD um, and then an MP3 player, uh, like a, I guess an iPod. Um, sure. So I was able to make like musical choices for them. And when they were little, they were, um, you know, songs for brain development. Um, and then whatever, you know, music we enjoyed listening to. We had a lot of jazz on actually in the house when the kids were little. Um, and we lived in New Orleans for a time. So um jazz a lot we had you know john coltrane um diana crawl tony bennett um and then of course i really like the classics for little ones i'm a teacher as well as a writer so i always had on sesame street music and mr rogers just happy noise always um but my kids you know as they became adolescents like they will never know what it was like to hear a song that you enjoyed and then to hope that it comes on the radio because that's the only way you're going to get to hear it. You know, someone brought up today on a podcast I was listening to, and I, I'm sure this has been made before, but for some reason it stuck me with me today, especially listening to you, that music used to be a communal experience. You played an album and you heard it. You played an eight track and my case everyone heard it um there were headphones but they weren't it you know even a transistor radio you know was played through a speaker and maybe you had a little plug that you could put in and now then with you know go from ipods to mp3 players to now then our phones music can be a very solitary uh, experience for listeners, isn't it? I agree entirely. Um, you know, it's really interesting. I've been following the the recent, um, you know, the CDC has been putting out information about the epidemic of loneliness and how isolated we are. And yeah, I think that's a really good point that even even music we enjoy, we can enjoy it, it takes away some of that enjoyment to enjoy it in a singular way, which is why I think going to live shows is it's such, um, gosh, I don't even have the words for it. Why it's so important to do because you get to and connect with strangers, make friends, share that, co that communal experience. Um, and actually that's kind of where we choose to spend our money is in live music. I know that, you know, families, have different forms of recreation um, and people have different hobbies. I always joke some women like shoes. We spend our money on going to shows. Um, we love it. And maybe that's part of the reason why, because it's uh, such a connecting experience. Um, I, I apologize in advance for if this is considered sexist, um, but you gave me the lead. So I'm not blaming you. So my listeners, if you're offended, but I I used to say, and I still do this day, I buy books the way some women buy shoes. I just <laughs> see the book and I buy it, right? It, uh -huh. uh, and and I looked the other day and I could probably have, you know, 25 physical books that are in my to-do, to be read. Your to-read pile, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you have teenagers or not, but, um, you know, children of... of uh, you know, every background want to buy shoes as a matter of fact. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, like it's, it's actually incredible. There's a whole, um, you know, there's a whole, and I'm not, I'm not into shoes. I'm not into like sneakers. I'm not, I, I, but there's like a whole market of people who, who swap like Air Jordans. And um, so, yeah, yes, that's funny that a lot of people, a lot of people have that, that shoe habit. And, and like you, I have the book habit. Um, yeah. So many, so many unread books, but 
I mean, if that's a crime, so be it. Buying yes, books. Exactly. Let's buy them. Let's and buy I, the books. But, but, absolutely. But, yeah, um, we enjoy going to live shows and we try to get the best seats that we can. And, mm-hmm. and people often ask me, like, how do you get these seats? Like, who do you know? Are you connected to someone? And I'm like, no, I get them the way everybody else does. I, you know, know when Ticketmaster is going to open up and I wait there patiently. Um, but yeah, actually this summer, um, we've got some vacations planned around going to see some shows. So it's really, it's really a wonderful thing to do with your family, especially if you can go to shows that, you know, everybody's going to feel good. Um, I'm not a big fan of going to shows where like everybody's out of control or, you know, it might seem scary. I like going to shows with a friendly environment. Sure. So the world is the world is challenging enough. I want to go to a show where it's going to be fun. <laughs> I, I'm right there with you, Janie. Um, Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. So I'm going to get back to doing more live shows, but can you remember... You you talked about you know the big four Madonna, Prince, you know Michael Jackson, uh, Bruce in the eighties, and that's your teenage years. But is there a moment where Bruce became more than just somebody that's on the top ten radio and someone that really spoke to you? And if you can remember that moment, what about him spoke to you? What about his music? Sure. I, um, when I was a junior in high school, between my junior and senior year, um, we went on a a class trip overseas and this, so this was 1989 and, um, you know, the fall of communism was, was happening around us and it was a truly hope. It was a hopeful time. Um, for us and when we were over in europe every and this was you know he's 18 years old so we we had the energy to be out all night long and um born in the usa was on everywhere we went and we sang that song with pride and 
yeah, it was it was powerful, hopeful music. Mm. That's my first memory of um, that that connection. And then I really did, um, you know, as a as a writer, I came to appreciate uh, his lyrics. Um, and as a music listener and as an optimist, I really do love that kind of um, late 80s, early 90s pop vibe. I do. Um, I love the song Tunnel of Love. Yeah. Do I always like to preface the amount of times you've seen Bruce live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. Um, there is people who have never seen him. There have been people who were born at the right time, living in the right state that have seen him hundreds of times. But uh, for the record, do you count how many times you've seen him? I can. I'm not a math person, but I can count that high. And it is <laughs> one time. <laughs> wow. My it was my or the Baltimore show was our first live Bruce show. And I almost didn't go. Um so my what happened is I don't know if you want to talk about this yet, about yeah, no, our sure, experience. Yeah. Um my my youngest child, she I don't know how the fascination began, but she, during the, during the pandemic, during the isolation of the pandemic, she really got into Bruce Springsteen and, um, and she's young, she's 17 now. So this was, you know, she's 14 years old and she like, as the pandemic went on, she told us, she's like, my biggest regret about this whole thing about the whole world shutting down is that I'm never going to get to go to a Bruce Springsteen show. Mm. So I thought, oh, okay, um, that's really sad, and I'm sorry you feel that way. And I, I hope, I hope that, I hope that things change in the world so that we can do that together. Because I've never been, and I would love to go. I'd love to like have that experience. So we were on a family camping trip in Yellowstone with no internet, and for some reason, and I'm a big believer in. Um, kind of weird like I am a big believer in like woo woo kind of signs from the universe you know um magic I believe in magic and my phone kind of lit up and I was like oh I have cell service here I guess I'll check check my email and ticket there was an email from Ticketmaster saying that like tickets to Bruce Springsteen were going on sale in like the next five minutes and I was like Oh my gosh, I can't I can't believe this. I can't believe this. Like I I didn't want to I didn't want to say anything to anybody. I didn't want to move from the spot where I was, you know. Um I was like, I gotta do this. I gotta see if I can get these tickets. Lo and behold, I got them, man. I got those tickets it, out there in the middle of nowhere with no cell reception. So this was last summer. Um, so we gave her the tickets for her birthday. So um my husband is a pilot, he's not a you know he he misses a lot of unfortunately like fun events so because I'm around the kids so often whenever there's something special I'll offer it to him first so he was going to go to the show with my daughter um and then he got caught out for a trip so I I was gonna go I was really excited and then my son was able to come home from college for the weekend and I didn't feel that I could leave my son home alone while I went to a show. So I said, listen, you two go. And we did have, we did have tickets for the pit. I didn't know at that point, like what a huge deal this was. Like I didn't, I, I do nothing about the, the gold that I had in my hands. So, right. um, so they were going to go and my husband was kind of talking to me on the phone. He's like, you should really go. You should really go. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to like leave you know, leave my son at home when he could have this experience. I think of all the shows I've seen in my life and this will be really special for him. Well, my husband was able to find a ticket for me too. So the three of us got to go. Um, and then the magic, I mean, the magic started the second we got downtown. Like I'm notoriously late. I am a um, procrastinator. And my husband kept saying like, you have to be early. You have to be early. We have an Orioles game and the uh, Orioles opener was the same day as the show because it had rained the, the day before. So they had to push it back a day. So he said, between the Orioles opener and this concert, you got to get down there early. So I said, great. 
we like love to eat. We'll go down super early. We'll get something to eat, park the car. I had reserved a parking spot, like on spot here or whatever, but I said, and my, but my daughter just had surgery. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see if I get a little bit closer to the arena. Let me just see. And we pull around the arena. There's no traffic and the kids see the line of the spring nuts and you know, yeah. the, the line, the line for the pit. And the kids are like, mom, 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 we got to get out of the car. Like the, there's the line already. I'm like, what? Okay, get out. Get out of the car. I'll go find a space. So they get out. I, again, I told you, I believe in magic. I got a parking spot right across, right across from the arena. I kind of bop out. I go get in line with the kids. They're like, mom, you got to go up to the front of the line. You got to get a wristband. You got to get a number. I'm like, what? I'm like, I don't need tickets. We already have tickets. They're like, go up front. They, these Everybody's going to tell you what to do. So that was kind of like my first taste of this magic. Sure enough, I went to the front of the line. Uh, the woman who was taking names and giving out numbers was like, oh, are those your kids? They're so great. Welcome. I'm like, what's this? Like, what's happening here? Um, people shared their dinner with us because obviously we weren't going to eat. You know, we were in line now. I had, like, I really like it when I like being surprised. I like happy surprises. And from the minute I got these tickets, it was a happy surprise. And um I feel like, like everybody needs happy surprises these days, just like joy, things that are unexpected. And that's what happened to me at this show and, and my family. So we will be like, we'll be going to shows all the time. Like this is, this is going to be one of our things now. So that's, that's kind of how um, we got our tickets for the pit. We got into the pit. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Like when we walked, when we finally walked in, I was like, where is everybody? Like, we're we're coming in early. Where is everyone? Like, and all of the fans were like, don't, don't worry about anything. This is like the friendliest place here. Everybody's going to help you with your teenagers. Like, it's not going to be a mosh pit. Like, you're going to have the best time. And that is what happened. It was so great. That is such a wonderful story. And I do feel, and obviously I do a podcast about the fandom um bruce has i think the best fans i i do think that they they are passionate and 99 percent of them are just great people um there's always a few um so what did you did you do any research before the show or did you go in blind um well, my daughter really wanted to bring a sign which is why we're talking right now because she yeah you know um and she's like when she sets her mind on something she's gonna do it and so she we talked about what signs should say she she ran some ideas by everyone she spent it's funny that she's studying right now because she had a couple big tests that week and I, i'm telling you she, she spent more time on that dang sign than <laughs> her academics but then we'd go across the yard and she'd be like can you see it from here you know what's showing up what's not so when we got in the line, um, the sign for, for your listeners, it said, uh, I'm the kid from Baltimore, Jack. And we, as Baltimoreans, Baltimoreans, uh, yeah. however you want to say it, like we're, we take great pride in our city. Um, we love it here. Maryland is a wonderful place to live. We have really friendly people here. Um, people get along here. People are welcoming here. So it was kind of fun. Like she actually enjoyed making that sign. Like this is my home and I'm, I'm glad you're here. Welcome. But when we got in line, the fans started saying like, they thought that sign was pretty special. People wanted a picture with her. Um, I did not even know about like, I, I'm embarrassed today, like the tradition of giving out a harmonica. Um, but one thing that's pretty cool that happened is that the other fans who were around us and yes everyone was so friendly they kind of figured out ways to like like nudge her further forward which was so remarkable because so many times you go to a show and people like want to block you out or they want to hold their territory or whatever people were like oh you know this is my 30th show if i stand sideways she can get in um it was really neat yeah so you know what i'm thinking of right you being a wonderful, you know, native of Baltimore, right? 
no one at an Orioles game is going, no, no, no. Here's this fall ball. No, let's, you know, let's, let's get this person. Let's all back around. So this person can know now after they catch it, a lot of people will give it to a kid or something, but yeah, that is the beauty, right. Of this, the, and I think part of it is, I think we fans want that next generation, right? We want that, that our kids and our grandkids are going to love Bruce so that his music will live on forever. Yeah. I, it's, it's such a personal thing. The connections like for me, yes, I I am inspired by the lyrics and the person. I actually I actually kind of lied. That was my second show because we did go on Broadway. We okay. did this was before he had announced this tour and we thought that going to see him on Broadway might be our only chance to go. Um and that that was a, that experience was a meditation. I mean, that was I still think I still think about it. Um, I was really, um, it was kind of transcendent when he was singing. He was speaking and playing the piano about the street where he grew up and just describing it in language. And I remember sitting there with kind of my eyes closed, really transported to this place of beauty in spite of um, the brutality of some of his circumstances growing up, which all of us who have been children, we, we know on some level um, that, that sense of brutality, of pain, of what happens when we learn that, that life um, isn't always magic and joy. And for some people, it's, it's really pain and um abuse and trauma, but just being transported to his street where there were aunts and uncles and cousins around and leafy trees and kids riding on bikes. Um, the escapism of it. I think we do all, we, we do all want that for our children. We want, we want ways for them to, um, escape and have some peace and have some joy and some inspiration. So, that show was really, 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 really special and uh, beautiful. I don't even know how I got to talking about this. Um, oh, oh, I know, know what I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say that at the Baltimore show, there was a gentleman and he was on one of the social media pages after the show. I thought that show was so magical. And a lot of the fans who were around us were saying that, like, I was correct in that assessment, that it was a, it was a magical show. But there was this one fan and and he said like that he didn't grow up with parents who listened to Bruce. He actually lived in foster care. But that like his one constant in life was listening to Bruce Springsteen. Like that that was his joy. And that is why he is like at, at every show in the front row listening to the music. Um, that's so powerful. Um, and I, I kind of felt like everyone who was down there and everyone who was all around us, I felt like everybody had a personal connection. So I think it it really um, is a tribute to kind of what you were talking about, about the communal experience of listening to music together. So I, I want to go back to seeing Broadway. Um, your background is you have an English degree, you teach, you are a writer yourself. Um, forget being a fan as a, um, an English teacher and someone talk to me a little bit about that storytelling of Bruce on Broadway. Mm. Yeah. So I didn't know what to expect. Um, I thought that it was going to be a concert. I didn't recognize that it was going to be the story of his life um it was i mean i i 
I don't even want to say it was a twofer. It was just so, so, so multi-dimensional. It was a real celebration of hard work and talent and survivorship and love and generosity. You know? Yes. His his performances are deeply generous, giving to to everyone. Um, so I was, I was really, again, I really like happy surprises and that show was, I, I, I could not have predicted what that experience was, was going to be like, but we were, I mean, we were all just sitting there mesmerized. Um, and his wife did sing on stage with him. Um, it was, it was, it was beautiful. I, I feel so lucky that I was able to see it. But I, it's it's funny that I forgot. It's not that I forgot that I saw it. I, I really wouldn't count that as a show. Like, that was a theater performance. Like, that was a story. Um, another opportunity that I had is he was the, oh golly, what do you call it? Uh, the, the convocation speaker at my child's university during COVID. So Austin. Right. When yes. Austin? Yes. yes. I remember. Yes. I remember watching that online. Yes. So my daughter was a freshman and normally they have this, this incredible ceremony where all the kids march under the university campus and they're carrying torches and flags. And, you know, she's the generation that they didn't have a high school graduation. They didn't have a prom. And right. when she got to college, they locked her in a room for 48 hours. So, um, so, but we were all gathered all across the country, all of us around the television, um, listening to him. You know, uh, Boston College is a Catholic institution. We're a Catholic family. Um, Bruce had a lot of words about faith and um, his his feelings, his feelings about it, which is so helpful in this day and age to um, hear people questioning faith and learning how to live with the uh, idiosyncrasies, the ironies, the, um, you know, the ways that, uh, religion can let you down. Um, but faith can lift you up. So it was, it was like kind of a a religious experience listening to him. It's so funny that I've had these, you know, I'm not like a, I'm not a fanatic. I am just a fan, but I have been deeply influenced by his hard work and his life and his talent. I, I, I love that phrase. Religion can let you down and faith can lift you up. And um, that there is a lot of truth to that. Uh, I want to go back. And so she's there, she's got her sign. Um, Let's talk through that moment where she gets, the gift yeah so i again i i didn't know what to expect because uh i had that beginner's mind of not having the experience at all um but everybody around us kind of knew like they they kept talking about it and winking and hoping and rubbing her shoulder um and sh- and he you know there he is. He's just wailing on that harmonica right in front of her. And uh, he hands it over to her. And and I'm sitting there like, I, I can't believe this is happening. You know, I think about, I don't know if you remember, um, and I don't know how old you are, um, but for me. I'm, I'm 63. So I was really? 59. Yes. So, wow, you look okay. you look almost like a teenager to me through my phone here. Um, okay, thank you. Music keeps you young. It keeps yes. us young. But um, do you remember how hard it was to get tickets to shows when we were younger sure. for whatever reason? Because they were so expensive or you couldn't get there. Right. Like, I never saw my musical idols in a concert as well, a teenager. Same problem. I grew up, my dad was in the Army. We moved around a lot. And even when we, my parents divorced, we settled in a small town, uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana, where hardly anyone came, right? Houston uh, was yeah. three hours away, but um, 
you know, in, in 76 and 77, you didn't drive to Houston to go to a concert. So, yeah. And so when we moved to Dallas in 86, uh, we started seeing more bands because we had the access. But yes, it oh. is, um, you know, it's always been that. Um, and I just had someone on the show the other day because um, you'll see grumpy people on social media. Yeah. Or to go back to the day where you stand in line, you know, you've got all this online and bots and doing this. And the guy was telling me the story. He stayed all night and got there and he was the next one. And like, we're out of tickets. Oh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yes. But yes. Anyway, uh, I do remember. Yes. That yeah. Really and you would all. hear about like, you know, a few lucky people who would get to go to a show and, you know, you'd be so envious. Um, so so I, I remember, you know, as a kid, if Bruce was touring, like there's, there's no way I would have ever been able to go to a Bruce Springsteen show. Like I wouldn't have been able to get a ticket. I, that just wouldn't have happened. So as is happening, I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. I, and so um, the second that, that, that there is kind of a video of it and um, I can email it to you, but she her face just like it, magic like true 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 magic and then immediately I said to her like give me that right now <laughs> I, I tucked it in my jacket pocket but even that is silly because I don't think that anyone would have tried to take that from her or us so um but but then in that in that communion right in that giving they had a relationship then and he did stop by and sing to her for the rest of the show. Uh, she got a guitar pick. Um, they were, Holly was, my daughter was in communion with this show. Like it was, it was a back and forth experience. Um, at the end of the show, when he came down during freeze out, um, she, my, my son who was six, four, put her up on his shoulder so she was face to face with him singing they were singing to each other so it'll be I mean I I hope she has a really long happy life with many incredible experiences like giving birth to children or finding the love of her life but but that night will be one of the best nights of her life for her whole life her whole life absolutely absolutely does is she putting the harmonica and pick like in a shadow box or how, what's she doing? She's got a little box of special things and, okay. and it's in that box. Um, I did, I did want to have some posters of the show and I, I didn't buy them at the show because I was afraid that they would get sure. smushed. So I, I reached out to the experts and said, what should I do? And they said, the second they go on sale online, get a couple. So I did, and they just arrived. So I think um, I actually bought three because I wanted my kids who went to the show to each be able to have one for their own homes when they grow up. So awesome. um, those will definitely be in, in frames, but yeah, I mean, she cried in the car on the way home. She just said, she's like, I just had the best night of my life. That's great. I love that. Um, That was a great sign, by the way. I know I read recently someone had um, like there was a eight or nine year old that had I've been waiting my whole life for this show (laughs) that held that sign up. That is so cute. (laughs) Yeah. And then then there was a show um, right after us. I think in it was new york or new jersey i can't remember which show but um the it was a family and they had lost their son to depression and he he was a veteran um Mm. and i saw how kind bruce was to that family in uh in in honoring him it's just amazing like it's amazing i i don't have the words to say how how great it is i know that most of your listeners are already fanatics but I'm kind of speaking to the people who haven't been that they should go. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit. Um, Did you know you always wanted to be a writer? Yes, I did. But sorry, I've got the 
I've got the sun shining down. Yes, on me, I which see is that. Also yes. some, some magic. It's probably my ancestors kind of beaming down, having some yes. fun with me. Um, yeah, I did. Um, but like a lot of kids in the eighties, I struggled in school and didn't have a lot of self-confidence. Um, and so those, those were the years when I was earning the experience, life experiences <laughs> that I needed, the, the pain that I needed to be able to come to become a writer. Um, and then I gravitated like you, I'm a reader. So I was always reading. Um, I didn't have confidence in myself that I would be able to have a career as a writer. So I became a teacher and I really, 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 really enjoyed that. Um, but then when I had four little ones at home, I stopped teaching. And th- th- as promised, the universe, the, the universe oftentimes brings us what we need. And a writing career kind of happened to me. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I have a writing life. That's good. Uh, talk about it. What, what, um, I know you've done multiple articles. Talk a little bit about some of your work. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Um, I write primarily now at this point in my life about addiction. Um, my brother died. He became addicted to Oxycontin following an appendix surgery. And I can move if this sunshine is like, Oh, you are fine. Okay. If you're comfortable, comfortable. Okay. Well, it's probably my brother like with me shining on me. So um, he, uh, I should talk about him because he was the biggest music fan in our family. Like he lived for live music. Um, The Grateful Dead and Fish and Widespread Panic were his, that was his jam. Um, That was his joy. And I actually communed with him at the Bruce Springsteen show. Um, I should rewind a little bit to say that he died on um, today is what day is today? It's Monday is the 15th. He died on May 15th, 2020 in in the pandemic. Um, So he, he became addicted to Oxycontin following a surgery and, you know, we didn't know a whole lot in the early to mid 2000s about opiate addiction. Um, we didn't know that it was like heroin addiction. So, and then once kind of the, the word got out that people were abusing pills, it became harder to get pills. So people who were addicted to opiates had to switch to heroin. So my brother died of a heroin overdose. Um, he was an attorney. He had five kids who worshipped him and uh he had me i worshipped him too we lived in the same town we were very good friends um i miss him every day with my whole heart but he always had music on he was always singing and so and i'm always looking for signs from him and he is very generous with those signs he's like he's giving me one right now he's despite the fact that i keep trying to move out of the sun he's shining on me um so Bruce did this cover of Night Shift at the show. I I could feel my brother's presence at the show like when we got in line. I was like, okay, we're we're among friends. We're in a welcoming community. There's people here who are going to care for us. We're going to have fun. It's going to be safe. He's he's with me. I can feel him. And then Bruce did Night Shift and I of course was not expecting to hear that song um oh I couldn't believe it I mean it just uh still still chokes me up it was beautiful wow you know gonna be a long night it's gonna be all right I found another home I know you're not alone on the night shift like oh (laughs) <laughs> that's a song we were listening to in the car on the way home. I just wanted to keep playing it. And uh, my kids were great. They they wanted to keep hearing it too. It was beautiful. So I, I've I'm told, so thankful. Yeah. I've told this before. And so if you guys want to skip ahead a few minutes, but I haven't talked to Jeannie about it. So um, my brother um, recovering addict mm. um, had been sober many, many years and uh, was diagnosed with stage four cancer. 
um, tried to go through radiation, just it, nothing helped. And so about February 8th, 9th of this year, you know, they reached out and said, it's, it's just not going to be long. And so, um, so I, I, I reached out to my sister and I said, well, okay, you know, I'll, I'll come down to Houston to see Dean. And she said, well, the problem is, um, you have a Bruce show Friday night. Like, I don't care. She goes, yeah, but Dean would want you to go to the show. And secondly, because of COVID protocol, Mm. we, none of us are sitting and we can't even go into the waiting room. We are having to, like, she goes, I'm in the hotel room and we are taking turns one person at a time. So Mm -hmm. there's just no need. So I, I, you know, did the show Friday night and then um, we had tickets for Houston on Tuesday night. And so my wife and I said, okay, well, we'll, we'll leave early and we'll go see Dean, you know, we'll wait. And he passed on Monday. So, um, so to me, I'll see you in my dreams was the mm. song that just really spoke to me. Right. That was very, very touching. Um, and, and there was this, I think the show for those of you, and there are people that are, and I, I love this term bird watchers, right? They, they have their set list and they're like, Oh, I want to catch this song. I want to catch this song. I want to get versus I think it's a very strong set list. And I think he's telling a story. And so I'm glad that he was there and I love, I will never think of night shift the same way. Now. I love that story. Oh, I'm really sorry about your brother. I know how much you miss him. And uh, I'm really happy that he had years of recovery, but I'm really, really, really sorry that you lost him. Um, You know, they call siblings the forgotten mourners because we, you know, the priority is really like a parent who's lost a child, right? That injustice or the child who has lost their parent. Um, but as siblings, you know, we lose the person who experienced our whole life with us. So it's really, really, really a terrible loss. And I'm really sorry about your brother. I, you know, thank you for saying, I appreciate the condolences, but I do appreciate that. I've not thought about that, right? Because you tend to, you know, Dean had a daughter and we're worried mm-hmm. about her and, you know, he was very close to his nieces, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my mom is still alive and this is my mom had had a stroke in July. And so she's in a nursing home and she mm. can't, she can't travel and she's not quite here anymore. So mm-hmm. we made the really tough decision. We're just not going to tell her. Because it would break her heart that she can't leave the nursing home, her youngest gone. And Mm -hmm. so uh, it was a little odd when I went and saw her last week. Mm -hmm. You know, she's like, so have you talked to Dean lately? Oh, Oh. we're running, you know, and just kind of uh, shaking. But the the point I bring that is my sister and I have talked about it that it's just hard. It's just weird for us to think we don't have a little brother anymore. You know, that because he's, uh, I was, she's five years younger than me and he was five years younger than her. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so we, you grew up with each other and Mm -hmm. you just always there and you don't, Mm -hmm. there's no one who irritates you as much as a sibling, no (laughs) one that makes you as happy as a sibling. And there is that, you know, we would get together, the three of us, and tell stories that no one else really understood, right? You've got yeah, the um, bond of the good with I your was, parents, the bad with the parents, the struggles. So, yes, I, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, uh, I, one of the hardest things for me, my brother was really funny. And really energetic. And after he passed away, I was like, I'm never going to laugh that way again. Like, Mm -hmm. that's, 
I'm never going to have that experience. Um, but then what happened, what I learned is that like, if I could have the courage to experience life, to, to, to live as fully as I can, that maybe some experiences would come to me that he would find funny and I would find them funny too. And I would laugh that way. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I don't know if you ever saw, there was this crazy thing going around during the pandemic. Um, it was an attorney and he had to get before a judge on a zoom call. And it, there was like a cat filter so that he looked like a cat coming to the judge. Did you ever see that? Yes. And he's like, his, his kids had set that up and he had no idea how to change it. Right. And yeah. He's, and so he's sorry. like telling the judge that he's not a cat. I'm not a cat, your honor. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, my, my brother was lawyer. We, and we had like these really funny private jokes about cats and, mm -hmm. I saw that. I was like, okay, he's, he's in the room with me. Like, this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I laughed and laughed and laughed. Um, so I kind of learned that I have to seek out. And, and this is a good example of, of going to live shows too. I have to seek out experiences that he would have enjoyed. I have to look for, I have to look for that so that I can, I don't want to say it's my responsibility to keep him alive, but if I try, he will be alive with me. And so I try. I try. Well, I remember when Wrecking Ball came out and Bruce was doing, he did a show at the Apollo that was for all Sirius XM, you know, subscribers. You could win tickets. And I was listening to Sirius XM and, you know, he talked about that you know, when they were doing my city of ruins and, um, you know, he says, are we missing anybody? Mm. And, um, and he, you know, cause he had just introduced the band and then he says, mm. are we missing anybody the way Bruce does where he repeats himself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he, and this phrase has stuck with me, Jeannie, if, if you're here and we're here, they're here. Mm. and mm -hmm. and i tried to explain that to my mom mm -hmm. and i my mom like the wish right the the song the wish that was in you know broadway and talking about how much he adored his mother mm -hmm. and i got sentimental and so i picked up the phone to call mom this is years ago and she had no idea what i was talking about she could not mm. grasp that there's this song and it's about this and da da da, and like I finally like okay, okay mom how are you doing you know and we skipped it so um, yeah. and but I did tell her I said you know when we're having a Christmas party or a bunch of us together you know she would every once would say oh, I wish Mama could have been here my grandmother or mm -hmm. I wish you know you know, Kenneth could have been here was my stepfather. And I, yeah. I thought of that. Well, if we're here and you're here, they're here. And uh, mm -hmm. so I think that's the thing to remember with your brother is that, mm -hmm. you know, when, when you guys are together, he'll be there always. True love never dies. It doesn't. It doesn't. And mm -hmm. um, I was just on a podcast that's called Coffin Talk, which is he talks about death in a wow way, you know, to talk. It about. sounds like a really good podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and, we need to be able to talk about these things. Yes, and that's exactly. And so he talked about, you know, do you believe in an afterlife? And I said, you know, I, I'm, I said, God's not. I haven't had a divorce from God, but he's sleeping on the couch right now, maybe, you know, uh, but, you know, I struggle with my uh, spiritual journey. I said, but, you know, I, I know that I hope there's an afterlife, but I do know that as long as we remember our loved ones, they're always with us. Always. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm writing a book right now about my, my brother and I, during his addiction experience. Um, and a big part of it is 
the, uh, I mean, I don't know how to say it without sounding kind of fruity or flaky, but like he communicates with me from wherever he is. Yeah. Uh, so that's enough for me. And it's, it's, it's the magic. It's like such a gift. It's, it's such a, a gift to me. Yeah. Helps me a lot. But that really has nothing to do with my religion, you know? It's yeah, funny no. because when I talk to agents about my book or editors or publishers, they're like, okay, well, so what's your religion? I'm like, it's not about my religion. Yeah. It's about my faith. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really well done. Um, I tell you what, when the book's ready to come out, I'd love to have you on and help promote it. I really appreciate that. Uh, I'm still, you know, publishing a memoir is really, really hard if you're not a famous celebrity. So. Sure. But again, I have faith that um, it, it will be. It already is. So I've been working pretty hard on it. Um, and I'm, I'm still in the process of, of it coming to life. But I will be sure to let you know when it's a real yeah. book. <laughs> so um, we, we've been talking almost an hour and it just has rolled by. Um, yeah. If someone wants to reach you, what's the best way? So they can go to my website. It's my name. It's Jenny Burke, J-E-N-N-I-E, Burke, B-U-R-K-E.com. Um, and there's a link there to, you know, to reach out to me. And I'm I'm happy to connect with anyone. Yeah, uh, there is a link to um, your work. There is an about page. It's a wonderful website. And uh, yeah, I am. Um, I'm. I'm so glad we got to spend time together and we kind of went all week. We were happy. We got a little (laughs) spiritual. So we're going to end any final thoughts before I ask you the Mary question. Well, I just want to say thank you. I know that a lot of the people who are listening to your show are, you know, are fanatics. And I want to say a real thank you. And I'm, I'm including you in this for the generosity of spirit. Like this is, this is why we're here to enjoy with one another. Um, And that's what happened to my daughter and my son and me on the night of the Baltimore show. We're going to be back in uh, Camden yards. We're looking forward to seeing all of our friends there. And I just want to say thank you to everybody for this really warm and welcoming and just beautiful community. It's been a wonderful experience for us. And it's just the beginning of a a lifetime of um, seeing Bruce and his fans wherever we can. I love it. That sounds great. All right. So uh, JeannieBurke.com is where you can hear, find out more about her, follow um, on Twitter and Instagram. But before I let you go, Jeannie, uh, Jay Armstrong Speaking of English teachers, he was he is now retired, but when he was teaching, he would take his honors English class and they would spend two days breaking apart Thunder Road. They would look at the lyrics, they would talk about the imagery Bruce is using. They would they would compare it to other other poets like Robert Frost. And then at the end of the two days, he would ask the class, Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? So that is your question. Do you think Mary gets in the car? So I've I've thought about this Um, from a historical context is where I'm coming from. And I would say that she did not have many options. So I hope that she did. I think it would have been the best option for her to go. And I hope that she did. Good. I love it. That's a great answer. Jeannie. This was a blast. It was so much fun. And I appreciate you sharing so much of your heart. Um, tell your tell your son and daughter that I'm so glad they had fun. And I hopefully we can meet sometime on the road and share together. I can't wait. Uh, I look forward to it. And I, I hope I get to welcome you to Camden Yards in Baltimore this fall if you get to come. Oh, that would that would be great. Um I it um yeah that'd be really good. If nothing else, I need to go see the Rangers play there. So uh you know you know people love to come to our stadium for a ball game because they say that we're friendly fans. It's affordable. It's a beautiful stadium. So no matter yeah. why you come, you should come. We would love to. We love to make new friends and we'd love to see you. Sounds great. All right. 
please remember, listeners, be safe, be kind. Don't forget, if we open up our hearts, love won't forsake us. Just let the music take us and carry us home. Thank you, Jeannie. Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. I, again, like, you know, you had asked me about how I became a writer, like writing found me and I'm so glad that it did because it, it has saved me during this, uh, you know, traumatic experience in my life. I'm, I'm so glad I'm a writer and that I can talk about what happened because people have really been so generous and helpful to me, have really helped me. Mm-hmm. I'm really lucky. I'm a lucky person. I'm a, I live a blessed life. Um, and, you know, kind of coming full circle with our conversation, like that show was crazy. It was amazing. It was incredible. I still can't believe it happened. Yeah. I cannot believe it happened. I can't believe Bruce Springsteen played, played the harmonica during Thunder Road for my daughter and then handed it to her. Like what? <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> so. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.